What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Welcome to our Pays Me. Today we have Hill, your one namer. <laughs> yeah, one word. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, so, um, my understanding is that you're a musician. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I play okay. actual instruments. Uh huh. Uh huh. So actually, yeah. What what do you what do you play? Um. Obviously, I'm a vocalist, but I also yeah. play keys predominantly, uh, bass, drums, and I play guitar poorly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, and you're and also a recorder. A, a recorder. And do a recorder. You, do you ever like you incorporate that in your music? No. No. <laughs> never. <laughs> Maybe I should. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I remember the recorded days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so, um, and where are you based right now? Are you you were in LA right at now, one point? Yeah, yeah. I was living in LA um, starting in 2019. I left kind of mid COVID um, for obvious reasons. You know, I couldn't play out. I couldn't play gigs, so I couldn't make a living. So I'm back in my hometown of Edmonton, Alberta. Um, yeah, it's where I was born. So I just kind of. I have a home base here and I travel a lot and, and um, kind of change things up a lot. So, Okay. Yeah. And I understand like your latest project you made before COVID, but like how have you felt creatively during, because some people have had great experiences. Yeah. Some people had a shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Hey, it's interesting how some people were really um, amplified creatively by COVID and some people just could, they couldn't do anything. They were totally, I feel like I was, I feel like I was amplified by it. You know, it was nice to, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am a total hermit. Like I, if I don't have to see other humans ever, like if I can just do this and then just like sit on my couch and make art all day, like I am so happy, but I miss COVID. Like I'm telling you, I miss COVID. It was like, I just want to stay in my house and not talk to anybody. This is fantastic. So I made a lot of art. You know, I started learning how to use Photoshop. I started, um, I, I made a whole other album during COVID that was also a sound pack that we released um, before this album. So that's, you know, that's out on all, all um, anywhere that you can download samples or sound packs or loop packs. It's through Black Octopus. So, I mean, I ended up doing a lot during COVID that was really, really creative. You know, I made a lot of content. I, I shot a lot of the videos that were used for this album. Um, yeah, I would say I kind of, I used my brain a lot during COVID for sure. I learned how to, you know, I got my first job in, in tech. I got uh, my first computer programming job and yeah, it was definitely a multiplier for me. Okay, cool. Are you um, doing that remotely? Yeah, I am. Yep. Like it's Silicon Valley and all of that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Silicon Valley oh. and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm working, um, I'm working as a contractor for a startup out of Los Angeles actually, but they, they have, um, they have contractors all over the planet, literally, like 
many, many countries. So, yeah. yeah. So actually, that takes me to a question I was going to ask you. Uh, around 2020, you, you lost your job unexpectedly and said it was like being dropped out of a plane, but mm-hmm. in a good way. So like, how what, what did you mean by that? I had been... I had been working as an employee for a company as a musician. So I was playing four nights a week at their club. Um, I played at a couple of their locations. I played at their club in Texas. I played at their, I played in Denver, Chicago, and then I was in their Hollywood location. And I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel appreciated. And I didn't feel like I was, um, I felt like it was taking energy away from me. Like there are years when there are years and also there are clubs and people that I can play with on a regular basis that will give me energy back and make me feel like um, fed by it. But that job wasn't one of them. And um, and when I was let go, it was kind of goofy. Like they I don't know. I think they let me go for very ambiguous reasons. And then a week later, they closed that club entirely. So it was clearly like they were trying to cut corners. And then all of a sudden they were like, actually, we'd love to go under. Like it was really poorly run. And over the course of the next month, it felt like I I suddenly started doing all of these things that I had wanted to do anyway, like started freelancing. I started booking my own shit. I started booking at clubs all across the continent. It was like, this is so much more fun and so much more interesting to me. And, and I don't feel so, so um, tied up by one thing. So it was, it ended up being a very good thing, but the hilarious part about all of that is that by the time I was about to start working again as a freelancer, which was about a month and a half later, that, that exact week was the week that COVID started. So then life changed all over again, but yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, That's, that's a lot. I, I often wonder like uh the same thing what would happen if I lost my job like would I just like kick into a whole different gear and, and and other things just start working it's funny what you do when your decisions are kind of forced upon you right like if when it's like oh should I quit my job that's a completely different conversation than oh I don't have a job anymore now what it's like yeah. a, all of a sudden there's all this open space in your mind there's no like what if, what if, what if it's just, okay, I'm here now, I guess we'll just figure it out. It's a Mm -hmm. totally different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing I was wondering about, I am Hill, is that a group or is it like, is, or yeah. How does it work? Oh man. So uh, (laughs) I, this name just plagues me. I, I I just wanted to be Hill, but you can't Google hill and you can't find hill on spotify it just doesn't happen so i added i prefixed the i am and then and i honestly i'm gonna be honest with you i hate it i can't stand it because like it's just it's awkward you know how do you say like i am i am hill oh so i'm just hill and it's become kind of a collective effort because i mostly work with my buddy mike schlosser who's an amazing producer and we have like shorthand communication and we're we understand each other and we've been working together for many, many years now. So it does feel like it's a collective now, yeah. um, but it didn't start that way. So now I like to say Hill of I am Hill, which feels a lot more comfortable to me. And it makes more sense because Mike is so involved. Um, but that's kind of the Cole's notes on that whole mess. Right, right. Uh, I am Hill is almost like the brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. I've wanted to change it so many times. Like I wanted to 
uh, a friend of mine uh, came up with the the band name Dangerath. So like Danger Giraffe, Dangerath. I was like, I want to be Dangerath. Like screw this hill stuff. I want to be Dangerath. Anyways, I anytime I try to pitch this to people, they're like, No, no, don't do this. But one day maybe I'll change it. You know what though? Like I I thought about stuff like that too, and I I wonder if having that question it makes you more interesting like it's it's like intrigue almost like the weekend is the weekend a group is it a guy and you're like oh it's yeah yeah so yeah i don't know it just don't hate it no i don't hate it no no that's good yeah i like that it made me like more curious to like dig Mm -hmm. into stuff so Mm -hmm. um yeah so what was it like um growing up in edmonton well uh, I grew up in, on the South side, upper middle class, very generic, but I had a very, you know, safe childhood. I would say I got into the same amount of trouble that most kids my age probably got into. Um, my parents were always really supportive of me trying a lot of different things. You know, I, I, took dance classes for years and I, I wasn't great at it. I took gymnastics. I wasn't great at it. I took, you know, soccer. I fucking sucked at it. I got to try a lot of things and music was the thing that really stuck with me. So I would say, um, when it comes to childhoods, mine was a good one. I got to, I got to play a lot of music and I got to make a lot of art and parents forced me to take piano lessons, which turned out to be an excellent idea. Um, and yeah, it's been a real trip living in other cities and other countries, right? Because um, I feel like I had a really sheltered upbringing, and a lot of my a lot of my moving around and and a lot of my artistry has been an, an experiment in breaking out of that and, and understanding the world better and not having these goggles on that are just like growing up in a in a neighborhood that you know like the neighborhood I grew up in. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a safe childhood. I'm grateful that I did. I also just like there's there's a lot of world out there and I feel like um I had to go out and find it because it wasn't presented to me necessarily yeah. you know my parents my parents would would travel a lot and they would you know like they were both very um educated and and cultured and open-minded people so it wasn't that it was just you know purely a factor of the environment it was just kind of cookie cutter yeah yeah I can see like it's interesting so like your music is almost like a reaction to that in, in some way absolutely too. yeah absolutely yeah. cool cool um yeah i i yeah i understand i grew up on an island so it can be very really? sheltered in a, in a way yeah. so so you're for you have some formal training but like did you all like was it i'm gonna be a musician that was something you just kind of knew hmm. or because you're in it too so yeah that came way later <laughs> though te- that came way later oh sure. okay okay um like I think it was just that singing like let me tell you when I was a kid I would come home from school and I would lock myself in my room and I would my big boom box and I put on like a Christina Aguilera CD or something and I would just sing along with it for hours hours I don't know how my family put up with me it must have been like just brutal brutal but that's how I fell in love with it, right? I just did it every day for hours. I couldn't, I would just sing all the time, all the time. 
So it was just kind of clear that I wanted to do that thing. And unfortunately, along with that thing, especially in the 90s, you're kind of taught that you have to be basically Britney Spears or no one's going to care, which like fucked with my brain a lot. And I'm still undoing a lot of that like weird mental programming that I inherited from our culture, our Western culture, because, you know, obviously at this point, I'm very about the art and I'm very about like, like authentic expression and I'm very about like exploration and and um experimental music and you know but it took me a long time to kind of make my peace with that because you're you're shown only one format of success so Mm. for me I still am fighting with this idea that I didn't succeed because I'm not a major label superstar which is what I was taught the only definition of success was so Mm -hmm. yes I was a singer from a young age but I wouldn't say that I understood what it meant to decide to be an artist from a young age so I wasn't like I want I'm gonna be a musician I'm gonna be an artist it was like I have to do this thing because I like singing so it's kind of a weird roundabout way of answering your question but I definitely did lean towards music from a very early age and was always very musically inclined and learned Mm -hmm. by ear very quickly so it just naturally led me down whatever path of, of music making right did your did you have a good voice like right away, or is that something you had to grow into? I had to ask my parents. Like I, I had good pitch okay. from an early age, right? Like oh, I had okay. good pitch matching, um, and I think that's why I ended up in singing lessons because because my my mom or dad noticed this about me, or somebody noticed this about uh, me. And I started private lessons when I was like eight or, t- or ten, somewhere in there. Like I think I did my first performance in a legit venue for humans around 10 or 11 so it started really early and that was mostly singing because like I played piano for years but I was not like I can't I still can't read sheet music like I'm a functional Mm -hmm. piano player I can read chord charts I can I understand music theory very deeply because I studied it in college but I'm still not I don't consider myself like a classically trained musician while I did do a lot of classical training in voice because I just did like 15 straight years of voice training I did everything so wow wow yeah yeah. Okay, cool. Just wondering, my, my, I have a daughter that sings quite a bit. And uh, nice. so I'm like, I, I often see her like um, jumping into that. She's a dancer too. So I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like she could be a musician, but like she doesn't yeah. ever, ever, ever. I ask her, she's like, oh, no, no. But well, if you force it, sometimes they end up just fighting back, right? So maybe right, just let right. them come around to it. But in terms of singing, I always just think like, when someone's young it's all just about emulation like you just sing along with whatever you want and right. any chance you have to get on a stage just do it just try uh-huh. it out yeah. cool so um one thing i'm also very interested in about you is you released an acoustic version of side d as an nft mm-hmm. so your your like your experience in the tech world is that kind of what sort of inspired you and what is it about the web three space that you find so fascinating Mm. i don't know that it was my tech experience that inspired me to mint something i think it was more just so i i love visual art a lot and i'm i'm like i'll say this all day i'm obsessed with like 3d web animation things like that i'm learning how to do this myself because i just think it is the coolest so when it comes to nfts when i landed in nft space like you know twitter spaces or discord or whatever 
um, it was mostly through the like nudging of some people at my label text me um, Patrick who owns the label is very bullish on NFTs and he's very active in the space and he was really encouraging to check it out and to and would share things with me and show me things that he thought were cool and and eventually I you know I discovered all these incredible visual art pieces that were being minted as NFTs and that's how I got into it is because I just loved looking at them like I couldn't even yeah. I didn't have the means to buy one for a long time like I bought my first music NFT like two weeks ago okay. um, but I just I just loved seeing the art and I loved the idea that artists can set their own prices and I love the idea that you can you can prove ownership and I mean all this tech is it's really early right it's gonna mm -hmm. have a lot of flaws there's gonna be a lot of mistakes we're still it's a bumpy road and honestly all this stuff might go to zero right like there's no guarantee that this is going to be worth anything five ten years like we don't know we don't know what we're doing it's yeah. it's a big experiment but I think um I think because I'm in tech I ended up wanting to learn more about why the technology behind nfts is powerful and mm -hmm. blockchain technology to me is still a very mysterious and confusing thing but to understand what it is to mint something to like to put something on the chain made me understand like the value there is in ownership but three mm -hmm. is all about ownership right so proving own pr proof of stake proof of um work like you can prove you made something you can prove you own something you have um there's like a a clear address uh that that allows you to to like let me put this another way the company i'm working for as a developer um yeah. i'm contracted with um a company called pex and they're in the digital rights management space so they've built um crawlers that are able to call through all uh, like major UC, UGC platforms for example YouTube TikTok Instagram and find content like IP so music in my case you know I can mm -hmm. upload songs that I have made into their database and discovery and they will go and they'll crawl the internet and they will show me all cases where my song has been used and in some of these cases the person using it has does not have a license to use it and so in that case I'm able to you know either issue a takedown or find a way to monetize it or you know change my policies of surrounding that piece of work so it's all kind of looking at the same goal which is how do we make sure artists aren't being ripped off how do right. we make sure artists can set their prices how do we make sure that it doesn't get lost in the sauce and it's gone viral in some other country and you never find out and you never get paid for it that should not happen so mm -hmm this is all kind of leaning towards the same goal. And it's something that I think is really valuable because, you know, even when it comes to like memes, somebody makes a meme. Yeah. And that meme gets shared a billions of times, right? And we don't know who created it. No idea. <laughs> yeah. No idea. This would be like a way to help solve that. And that's because it's not just about music, right? It's about fingerprinting uh, any audiovisual technology. And I mean, you can mint anything too, right? You yeah, can mint an experience. Right. So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm excited about when it comes mm -hmm. to NFTs is being able to set your own price, being able to track your own work, that kind of stuff. Cool. I've been uh, sort of following it from the visual side when I, mm -hmm. I see like um, the, like uh, they're, they're, they're being talked about in a lot of ways, like investment pieces, kind of the same way yeah. in, the, in the, the fine art too, the fine art, physical fine art world is totally. the same. Um, yep. how are, you, are you finding it like that with the music side of things too? Mm. It's hard to say 
the music side of things is a little like, I don't know if it's just earlier in the game or if there's just like so much more breadth that you can cover. Like, how do you, how do you add? Cause with a song, like I mentioned something on catalog, anyone could go to catalog and play it as mm -hmm. much as they want. So then it becomes about the utility of the NFT. You know, like what mm -hmm. else do you get if you own this NFT? You know, do I get a private performance from it? Do I get to own a part of the royalties? Do I get to um, like join a DAO and have a, some kind of participation in the artist's future decisions and artistic endeavors? Like that's that's kind of where I think we're at when it comes to music NFTs. It's like, what's the best way to build a utility? How do you build a utility without um, like, like bogging yourself down for many years to come because you made all these promises to all these people that you're going to do all these things. Like, how do you build it in so that it's really, it feels very valuable. It feels, it feels special, but it doesn't, um, it has like maybe a termination clause or it has like maybe a, you know, I think that's the weird thing about music NFTs right now, because when it comes to the visual part, there's already a set, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? There's already a precedent, maybe. Thank you. There's a precedent set oh. by the fine art, um, the whole fine art community in the industry. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like we're just trying to figure out what that looks like on the other side. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I I'm wondering if it could be almost like the uh, like when that uh, Martin Shrelly guy bought the Wu Tang album for a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, um. So, I mean, I know this is a trick question for a lot of creative people, but what do you do for fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. This is a trick question. Lately, for fun, I sit on my couch and drink web wine and learn WebGL and 3JS. So this is this is like um, 3D graphics on the web um, using mm. built-in browser uh, graphics engine. Okay. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot, but um, it's really fun and it's it's so exciting. You know, when you make one thing that works, it's just like. Oh my God. Like, yeah, I, that rush. I did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially for someone who loves, like, I don't care if I just put, I made like a, a circle and it's spinning yeah. and I can move around this. I don't care. It's just a circle. I don't care. It's the coolest thing on the planet. So that's what I do for fun because it just gets me so amped up. Yeah. It's been a long time since I learned new software and got that, that, that feeling. So yeah. uh, it's, I'm, I'm getting the itch for that. Uh, I'm I'm actually surprised because like looking at your online presence and stuff like that and your music, I don't think of you like being, you're like kind of a typical nerd like me. Like I, I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that. Surprise. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, to be a performer, you kind of almost have to be like cool and you have this like rock star edgy artist vibe. Um, I but... think that can be all wrapped up in one human being. And I think the notion that you can't be you, that if you write code, you're not a rock star is over. Okay. Like, yes. I, I think it's over. I can't, I can't get out that door soon enough because some of the smartest people who build the most impressive products and are like, that's a rock star. Like tech, tech is the new 
is the new frontier when it comes to like who's who's making moves that are defining culture that's in tech now so right. it's still in music it's still in art it's all of these things combined but tech is a huge part of that so it's i don't think away. yeah i don't think you can separate those two things and i i love to i love to um bridge that gap i think i think that's i remember having this vision in my mind of like what if i learned how to code this was like 2017 not that long ago like what if i learned how to code and then i was like oh that'd be fucking cool like i would be cool and realizing mm -hmm. that i thought i thought that was cool it was like okay well let's go let's go make some digital art because it's you know knowledge is power and everything's online now so you might yeah. as well run yeah and that's my limiting belief there too like of you know being grown up in that same uh you know world of this is what a rapper looks like this is totally. what a singer looks like and yeah. they can't have these different identities because that's not cool uh yeah it's yeah it's hard to to deprogram yourself from that thinking oh my god yeah yeah it's a lot of work yeah yeah um so um what would you say if you had to pick like one of your You've, I mean, you've, you've got multiple passions, it seems. Like, which one would you say is the thing that you, like, love the most? Singing, for sure. Uh, I, I honestly, I would just sing all day, every day, just all the time, constantly. I, I still gig. I don't need to gig. You know, I have a job. I don't need to gig to pay my bills anymore. It's mm -hmm. amazing. But I still, I still travel all over the country and, like, exhaust myself because I just want to sit on a stage and sing in people's faces. That's all I want to do. Mm -hmm. in studio it doesn't matter i just love singing so if i had to pick one for sure it would be that and i don't even care what i'm singing to be honest just to sing in general is like oh. it's my bag yeah, yeah it's my happy place and the introvert thing doesn't really it, it feels like a separate yeah well it's different for some reason when i'm on a stage because as soon as i walk off the stage i'm like get me the fuck out of here <laughs> but if i'm on the stage there's like a fourth wall right so i can just i can ignore people if i want to like mm -hmm. I'm a completely different person when I'm on the stage. You don't, you don't know me. You don't know my name. You don't know. You have no way of connecting with me um, outside of this thing that I'm prescribing right now, this experience where I'm on the stage, you know, it's like, yeah. and I've spent enough time. Sorry, my, my AirPods are dying. I spent enough time on stages that I don't, I don't have any nerves that make that difficult. You know, I'm, I'm able mm -hmm. to decide how I'm going to, how I'm going to exist in the moment on stage and it's just really freeing and calm for me nice nice yeah, yeah I, I can relate to that i'm super introvert too I uh, the pandemic i loved um being in the house a lot <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but you know i at the same time i can get up in front of 100 people and talk and be perfectly yeah. fine uh, yeah. it's it's weird how that that works out for people um so when you're you're writing your songs, are you like mining your your life for like these weird moments mm. and making notes and saying, oh, this is a song right here? Yeah, I I do do that. I also mind just conversations, you know, like if I'm okay. having an interesting conversation with someone and they say like one sentence or I say one sentence, it's like, whoa, I'll I'll write it down on my phone. Mm. Um but sometimes also, you know, if I don't feel like I have a ton of ideas in the moment, because you can get writer's block if you try too hard, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just kind of gibberish my way into like, oh, I think I'm saying this or whatever. And and um, 
and also I'll, I'll draw from other people's lives, like friends' lives and family's lives and, and hearing about what they're going through. I've written lots of songs uh, from that perspective too. Right. Right. So like with the whole theme of sellout, your, your album, um, is that like, I, I read that it's something to do with your like sort of frustration with the, like the whole like commercialization side of things. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of a purist. It's not really fair because if you're good at social media, that's a skill. Like if you're good at being entertaining and interesting on, on social media, like that's a, that's a skill. It's Mm -hmm. not, um, it's not, it doesn't signify mindlessness. It doesn't signify selling out. It, it just, you're just good at a thing. So Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not necessarily like that. It's just that for me, I, 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 you know, ideally would like it to be about the art. And so the fact that 90% of the conversations I have about the music industry have nothing to do with music is just a real, it really is a thorn in my side. So a lot of this, Mm. a lot of this album is just like me finding unique ways to complain about that. (laughs) So. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, so um Kanmari, what does Kanmari mean? Kanmari, okay. Kanmari. Have you heard of Marie Kondo? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so she has this method where like if an item doesn't bring you joy, you get rid of it. And it's like minimalizing your life, minimizing your life. Right. Clean up your life, clean out your closets, whatever it is. Um, and then I just took that and like flipped it on its head because oh. you know it's good to get rid of things, but also our entire culture, especially pop culture is all about what fucking dollar dollar bills y'all like that is the one of the most common threads when it comes to pop music, especially now is like, how rich are you? Mm -hmm. How rich am I? I'm going to sing about how rich I am. I'm going to sing about all the things I have. It's just so, I mean, and then there's just so many people, all the people who consume this music, they don't have that kind of means. So they're out here trying to pretend that they had that kind of means because that's how you have to look on the internet now in order for anyone to pay attention to you. Yeah. Not true. There's a lot of people who aren't like that and who just are genuinely so entertaining, which is what I mean by people being good at social media. But mm-hmm. it's just this huge, huge demographic demographic of like younger people who are putting themselves in all kinds of debt <laughs> just because they want to look cool. on Instagram. For perception. Yeah, it's wild yeah yeah is that kind of like why the video is like you're kind of banging around a toilet is that like your only like possession like (laughs) yeah yeah the toilet idea it's just like you know how ridiculous do you look dragging all this shit through your life like nobody cares (laughs) okay nobody cares what kind of car you drive you know what i mean and you're just because i and i moved i've moved a lot in the last five years like physically i've moved all my stuff and everything And every time I move, I get rid of more stuff. And I just think about these people who like, when they move, they have to, oh my God, just haul ass. Like they have so much stuff and like, you don't, you can't take it with you. Complete crap. Yeah. Just crap. Just stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Just stuff. Yeah. I know. Uh, uh, yeah. Last time I moved, it was the same thing. It's like, what do we have all this stuff for? I don't need this. I don't want it. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, you talked about like Britney Spears and people like that. Do you have any other influences? Like, you know, who, oh. okay. 
Are you familiar yeah. with um ah of course now I'm forgetting her name. Uh f- something Palmer. Uh fucking Amanda Palmer oh. or something like that. I know I'm, who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. But I don't I haven't listened to any of her music actually. So Okay. But okay. I, but I know who you're talking about. Um my influences lately are like I listen to, I mean, I used to listen to a lot of Kanye, but his last couple albums have not really been up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Doja Cat, a lot of um, like Beyonce, Rihanna. I've listened to lots to a lot in my life. Banks was a huge in, uh, inspiration for me. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, Banks. James Blake early on was a huge influence for me. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Okay. Um, I listened to a a lot of Frank Ocean, like too much Frank Ocean. So those are probably my main inspirations. You know, like when I have writer's block, I go and listen to Frank Ocean for a couple of days. Interesting. Yeah. You ever meet him in your like travels? No, I've never met him. Huh. Never met okay. Him. But yeah, I just listen to him all the time. Can't stop. There's something like calming and also really dope about everything he makes. Yeah, he's got a certain energy uh, mm-hmm, that uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, are you watching anything uh, cool right now? I just finished watching um, sci-fi show on Amazon Prime called The Expanse. Okay, yeah. I have become a huge sci-fi nerd over the last couple of years. Okay. So. That's whatever that is. And The Expanse is actually, I thought it was a great show. It's like highly rated, which I didn't know. I started watching it because my brother recommended it to me. And then I find out that like, it's super popular, but yeah, great show, The Expanse. Okay. I've been wanting to check that out. Haven't gotten to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. So um, what would you say like is your biggest challenge uh, as a musician right now? Hmm. right right now like very specifically this year and probably next year it's finding out what I want to sound like for my next album because this the past two albums that I made came together very naturally and they felt very like I kind of knew what I liked and I could you know could carve it out and I feel like I just need a big shift and I don't know exactly what that will look like, but um, that's definitely something that I feel like I'm up against in the next year or two is like redefining my, the whole sonic universe that I want to live in. And that includes like vocal style and and, vocal, and lyrical content, you know, like what do I want to talk about? Cause there's a lot of like large subject matter on my mind still that I would love to tackle in a way that feels personal and still like, um uh emotional you know it's like it's hard to tackle big subjects without feeling like you're kind of preaching and that's the last thing I want to do so looking looking for ways to write about big picture stuff that's really weighing on my mind that that still is um you know still has a vibe to it right 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 um so like you feel this do you feel this pressure of um like putting out something that sounds too similar Mm, yeah and I also feel I don't know why but I also feel some pressure to to 
make another album like quickly, but I don't know why I released an album last year and this year. So I don't know why mm -hmm. I feel like I need to, you know, do another one within a year. Like I think taking two years to release another album would actually be pretty realistic and, and pretty acceptable, you know, also I could do whatever I want, but <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to talk myself into taking the time that it's going to take to really build the, whatever this new universe is that I want to live in, because I don't do things in small strokes. I do things in very large um, conceptual ways, you know, like the songs come together individually, but I, I try to be intentional about um, the sonic direction of what I'm making. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to lean a little bit more industrial, a little bit more grunge, a little bit darker. That's kind of what I'm hoping to do. So. Uh -huh. But you just kind of have, you just haven't found that quite yet. Where's yeah, I've been taking a break from songwriting because I got out of my publishing deal um, early last year. And so I took a bit of a break because I had been like, you know, firing on all engines mm. just to, you know, write with anybody and everybody all the time. So now that I'm out of that, I feel like I have a moment to kind of like, okay, I'm doing this for me now. So what does uh, that look like? Right, right, yeah. good, yeah, cool. So um, uh, whose uh, heart did you break in uh, side D? Side D. <laughs> That's really funny. That song, this is hilarious actually, because my partner right now, his mom heard that song. Oh no. <laughs> she's so cute she's this cute she's so cute and she said she was like to his sister who told us this to his sister she was like do you think that song is about him like do you, should we talk to him about it it's like oh my god I honestly can say that song is about nobody I was in a committed relationship at the time yeah. and and he heard that and was like is everything okay and it's like literally that, that song is not about anyone that song is yeah. like I wrote the first line and Mike and I just started laughing and then we couldn't stop. We had to write the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's not meant, it's not meant to be taken seriously. I was wondering because I was like the, the the whole like fuck boy thing and uh, it just it 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 triggered something for me. I was like, oh man, uh, like I not in a bad way, just like it it made me kind of think of like um like if you are having a kind of a fling like it would be somebody who's like you know whatever i know this is a fuck boy or whatever so it doesn't yeah mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. It, was, it was just funny it was just funny and, and then i was wondering too like yeah people listening to it like eh, this, is yeah. this me <laughs> so funny yeah that's a thing i don't know why i mean i do write songs from very personal experience but like less and less as I as I age because I feel I feel like um as your relationships become more steady and as you become more steady emotionally as a human you have less bullshit to write about so you this you reach higher so you reach higher or you make shit up really yeah. is what happens. that's true and and true like the more visible you get like you almost have to protect the people around you in some ways too because mm -hmm. I found that with my work if I get too personal and uh, <laughs> you never know who's going to get hurt by it. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So if there's any piece of advice you would give to someone trying to make a, a move in the music industry, and even now, like uh, the Web3 space, like what, what would that be? It would be um, <clears throat> to be uncompromising and to not rush 
Mm. FOMO is very real. We all get it. But don't let FOMO push you into doing something before you're ready to do it. Like, like there's nothing worse than releasing something because you feel like you have to release something and then you hate it, but you can't get it off the internet. <laughs> so just be intentional about it. You know what I mean? Right. Because so, once it's on the web, it's you're never getting it off. It exists somewhere forever. Are you going to say which uh, thing you hate that's out there? Well, I have, I don't hate it, but I do have an album that I released under a different artist name many, many, okay. many years ago. And it's still on the internet. And I'm not going to tell you the artist name, but <laughs> some people will know. Some people will know what it is. And I don't, I don't hate it. I just like, you know, it was my first solo endeavor of like making music by myself. I made the whole album single-handedly and I learned a lot, but it's also just like, yeah, I would take some of those songs down if I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're somebody yeah. else now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We evolve and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, how can we find the music and what do you have coming up that people can look out for? Uh-huh. Uh, everything's going to be on all streaming services it's on YouTube. If you want to stream on YouTube, there's some visuals up there. Spotify, Apple Music. Um, if you search I am Hill, all one word, you'll find me on all of those platforms. If you want to find me on social media, I use underscores. So I underscore am underscore Hill. Um, that's Twitter and Instagram. I don't really do TikTok. I think I have an account though. And up next, uh, we're releasing a, another single called I Need to Cry, which is arguably the best song on the album, although it's not my favorite. And then the album drop is um, also happening this summer. And I don't have those exact dates in front of me, but that's all coming up in the next like two months. So um, pretty shortly. Okay. And those will all be going going out to all of those same platforms. Should be should be pretty easy to find. Cool. So what is your favorite song? On the album? Yeah. It might be it might be one that's not a single called Run. And it okay. might be um, or it might be Con Marie, honestly. Ah. I just like, I don't know why I just love Con Marie so much. I just think it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I just I enjoy it. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that, you know, it is like, was it just one of those songs where you felt like super free? You just were just like, actually that song was really difficult for some reason. We wrote it. We wrote like the first chunk of a verse or a chorus or something. We wrote something and then we just like got stuck on it. So we put it aside and then we revisited it months later and it was right around Juno week. And that was the year that we were nominated. So we were at the Junos and we came back to the studio after the Junos and we were so exhausted. And mm-hmm. I just remember like laying on the floor, literally on the floor and being like, oh my God, I don't know how to write this song. Just like maybe this. And somehow we finished it that day. Hmm. And then listening back, it was like, oh my God, this, <laughs> this slaps. Like, how did we do this? I was asleep when we wrote this song. So I don't know. I don't really know how that happened, but we just slogged it out and it turned out. So that's the best though. I love yeah. those moments. Yeah. Uh well, Hill, uh, thank you for being on Art Pays Me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it was yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Yes. And uh so everyone look out for the new music. All right. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. See ya. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, 
review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about ArtPaysMe at ArtPaysMe.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at ArtPaysMe on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.